0: It is All-Star Weekend, and this is when most people consider halfway through the NBA season. So what should the Detroit Pistons focus on? What should be their goals for the rest of the season? After All-Star break, we'll talk about that in today's episode of the Locked on Pistons podcast. You are Locked on Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day what's the deal welcome back to another episode of the locked on pistons podcast per usual i am your host kuka hill you can find me over on twitter at kuka hill i want to thank you guys for making locked on pistons your first listen of every single day we are free and available on all your podcast platforms and if you haven't already, head to the youtube channel at locked on pistons Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. In today's episode, we'll talk about the goals, what you should be watching for, what the Pistons should be making their goals for the rest of this season after All-Star break. We'll discuss a heated topic going on in the Pistons community about whether Cade, who is extension worthy after this upcoming season, or after this season, is he worthy of a max extension from the Detroit Pistons? And also, I want to talk about why Monty Williams has to be better for the Detroit Pistons. Uh, we'll break down all that in today's episode. Uh, but first, let's get into what their goals for the rest of the season should be um, after All-Star break. I'm recording this a day after, I believe, the Rising Stars game. I-, I didn't watch it. I'm not, you know, it's All-Star break. I'm taking a little bit of a break from basketball as well. Um, but I did get sent a bunch of text messages saying that there was a lot of stuff going on between Bandic Master, and Jane Ivey. I did see the clip. I saw a bunch of people talking about it. Um interesting interesting to see that kind of trash talk happening in a rising stars game but I mean it it is entertainment so I mean Pistons do play the Pacers this upcoming week so that that should be an interesting game that's why I'll leave that um but what should the goals be for the Detroit Pistons the rest of the year well the number one goal I think and we'll dive into this into the second segment we'll go even deeper into this but I think now the number one goal has to be can Will Cade look like how he did during uh, that two and a half month spree from like November seventeenth to the beginning of I believe or the end of January before he had that knee injury? It, can he look like that guy? Can he stay healthy for the rest of the season? Because since he's come back from injury, since he's come back from knee injury, he has not looked the same. Um, and even after the last game, he talked about how, which I thought was a little bit concerning. But after the last game, he spoke about how, yeah, his leg after this knee injury, he has good days and he has bad days. Um, some days it feels fine. Some days it's tough, um, which is not good to hear. You'd like to see him 100% healthy, which he was during that spree. He looked like he had gotten into game shape after missing a season of of games. He was playing the best basketball of his entire career. He looked absolutely fantastic. He looked like the number one overall pick. And then he bumped knees in a game against Denver. And he went on to miss quite a few games. And he hasn't looked the same since coming back. Um, so I think all-star break couldn't have come at a better time for Cade. He needs to take this week to get healthy and try to heal up that leg as best as possible. Um, and he needs to show the Pistons and the Pistons fan base that what he looked like during that, that stretch where he looked absolutely fantastic before he hurt his knee, that's who he is. That was the jump that he was going to take this year. Remember, during that, people forget, during that streak, the only thing, that any of us were saying, Pistons fans, people who cover the team, people outside the team, the only thing anyone was saying about this team during the Pistons losing streak was Cade is making that jump. Cade is making that leap. Cade looks absolutely fantastic. Cade needs help. That was the only thing that was being said during that streak. He looked like the number one overall pick during that streak. He looked like he was taking that leap we all expected before the year, during that time frame, before he hurt his knee. So, after the all-star break, the Pistons need to see him look like that player. He needs to show up, show us, show the Pistons, show the Pistons fan base. He needs to show everyone that that wasn't just some hot streak that that's something that he that's who he is when he is hundred percent healthy. because if he is hundred percent healthy and that is what he looks like, the the, the second segment's only going to last maybe a minute of this episode. it only lasts maybe a minute because that player that we saw for those two months, three two and a half months, whatever, that player was freaking fantastic and is worthy of being your franchise player ten times out of ten. That player looked fantastic, so that is the number one goal for the Pistons the rest of the season. They need to find out. First of all, they need to get Cade healthy, but then they need to find out is Cade that guy. And the streak I'm talking about was a 23 game uh, sample size where he was averaging 24 and a half points, seven and a half assists, 4.3 rebounds on splits of 48% from field, 35% from deep on 5.4 attempts, and 87% from the free throw line. Now, that those numbers, if you told someone before the season that's what Kate averaged his second season, everyone would be losing their minds because that's exactly what everyone wanted to see. So if he can look like that the second half of this season or after All-Star break, I think that, that that's going to be the Pistons' number one goal and what everyone needs to see. That's number one. Number two, and we've talked about this many times. We just recorded an episode with Jackson Frank, the last episode. Uh, talking about this. The number two goal is to get the core four as many minutes together as possible and see how they look together. Now, I, I think it's going to be interesting because I think those two things, the first goal and the second goal, may work against each other. Because playing the core four together is going to come with growing pains, it's going to come with um, bumps in the road, especially in the half court offensively. But I don't think the Pistons have still the best idea of how to play a Sar and Duran together. And playing those two guys together, now with Simone Fonte- Simone Fontecchio, he's played well, um, his movement shooting, he should help. But I don't think the Pistons have the best idea of how to use those two guys together. And if you don't, it's going to hurt spacing. It's going to make life harder on Kay Cunningham. It's going to make life harder on Jane Ivey. And there's going to be growing pains while you're trying to figure that out. So I do think that those two goals could work against each other. It's going to be hard to get... If if the Pistons don't have a plan, because before it didn't look like the Pistons had much of a plan on how to use those four together. Now after All Star break, maybe Monty Williams comes up with something. He gets more creative, and they're able to use these guys how a lot of people think they could use them together, and then they look great together. That that is that would be special. That would be spectacular. That's what everyone hopes. But if what we've seen for most of the season when those guys play together in the half court, if it's if it's going to be most of that, though though the Cade can he look like how he looked. During that stretch, and this goal is going to work against each other. And, and even if you have a Jane Ivy goal, the Jane Ivy goal, and that is going to work against each other, I think as well. Those guys are not going to have as much spacing, but at the end of the day, I believe the individual uh, uh, stat line, the individual success of a Jane Ivy or Ake Cunningham for the second half of the season or after All Star break, I, I think honestly maybe we should switch these goals around because I I I think they they fall behind the need to find out, can these four guys play together? Can they work through the growing pains and at the end of the year say that we made growth and they look like they can play together? That That is the, the I, I yeah, actually we're switching the goals around. We're going to make that number one and then the K thing number two, because if you need to find out if these four guys can play together. If they can't, you have some decisions you have to make in soon. Like in, in the best of worlds, you could have a fine team and let these guys grow together and have success and just wait for years. But that's just not where the Pistons are at. I'm sorry, Pistons fans. They are going to make a decision. Don't you can be mad all you want. You can, you know, you can be mad at me for saying that all you want. That's just the reality of the situation. That's what's going to happen. If these four guys cannot make cannot thrive together with the if they don't make each other better, by next year's trade deadline, there will be a decision made. Like that's just where the pistons are at. They're in year five of the rebuild. Kate has an extension coming up. Like there's decisions that have to be made. They're no longer in the wait and see period. So we're going to switch the goals around, and make that number one. Can these four guys play together? Can Monty Williams be created enough to get these four guys to play well together? I think that is the main thing. And if they do, I, I think most Pistons fans would say the second half of the season was a success. And then number two, K, how he plays. Um, and then I, there's a bunch of other goals as well individually, like with Jane Ivy or with the Jalen Duren. But for me, I think those two, if you're looking at, if I'm looking at it from the Pistons front office and and and, and management perspective. I think those are the two goals I'm writing down because those two goals come with like immediate decisions. I, I have to find out if I want to pay K the mass extension, which we're about to talk about upcoming. Do I want to give Cade an extension? Do I do I want to build around these core four guys this offseason? Who do I go after? Can these guys play together? Do I need to trade them before the trade deadline? Who do I trade? Like those are the decisions I feel like the front office is looking at and they have to make decisions. You can have other goals for Ivy. You can have other goals for Dern. Heck, you can even have goals um, for Fontecchio. You can have goals for Grimes. I'm looking at it from the Pistons front office perspective. I think by far, these two goals I just laid out in front of you are what they are analyzing, and they're really hyper focusing on because those come with key decisions as soon as this off season. as soon as the Pistons season ends. That's those are decisions that they're immediately looking at making. So um, th- th- those are my two goals. I'm hoping, and I think everyone obviously hopes that both of them, both of those goals are achieved. And you're able to accomplish both those things. But I think it's going to require change and some creativity from Monty Williams. That doesn't involve just, you know, throwing a Sar Thompson in the corner. But if you're going to do that, you're going to hurt everybody involved. It's just not going to work. You have to get creative with how you want to use these guys. Um, so we'll see what they do. I guess a third goal you can attach onto that is to see how well Monty Williams coaches this team. Because We'll talk about Monty in the last segment, but I guess that should be a goal as well. Because honestly, if I was the front office, I'd be looking at maybe, you know, in this offseason, do I need to make a decision on this head coach now, one year into his contract? I think those, all those three goals are on the table and need to be analyzed by this front office this offseason. But let me know in the comment section down below, what do you think the Pistons' goals, what do they? What should they be looking for? What are Pistons fans looking for for the rest of this year? Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. When we come back, is Kay Cunningham worth the max est- extension this offseason? We'll talk about that coming up. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fancy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fancy Picks of the Week. And I want to be honest, Josh, you've been picking a lot of pistons throughout the year. This week, again, you pick Asar Thompson. The Pistons overhauled their roster and can only hope that Monty Williams will bump Asar back into a large role. And so far, since those major roles, we have seen Asar Thompson start. And I think due to some things on the court and obviously some things that we've heard happened off the court, uh, I expect to see Asar Thompson in the starting lineup for the rest of the year. So I think this is a fantastic pick by Josh Lloyd. Asar is just a player that's going to stuff the, the box score. If you need somebody who can do everything but shoot threes, give you some stats, in some points, in the in the rebound category, in the assist category, um, in the steals, blocks. He's going to stuff the statue as long as he gets minutes. And it looks like he is going to get minutes with the Detroit Pistons the rest of the year. Another player on Josh Lloyd's list, Marvin Bagley III, the, a Piston that was traded to Washington, who has played well in Washington. So and especially after them trading away Daniel Gafford, I think Marvin is going to continue to get a bigger role with Washington, and he's played well. So I think those two guys are great picks on Josh Lloyd. Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same thing with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, wherever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride or die the first time, every time, or you'll get your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at eBayMotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At eBayMotors.com. So I want to thank you guys again. May Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. Free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. There's another great way. To support the podcast, this segment I think is going to be um, pretty pretty interesting and I think it's going to cause a, a, a bit of a, a bit of arguing and and, and controversy I guess um, because I, something that I thought before the season had no chance of happening was pistons fans turning on Kate Cunningham, and I think I've seen quite a few quite a bit of the pistons fan base turn on Kate. I don't get it, but it, it it it's happened. So a conversation has come up in the Pistons community over the last few days, over the last week. Um, is Cade Cunningham worthy of the max extension? Should the Pistons extend Cade this upcoming offseason? Or should they give him a, a, a should they offer a, a lesser extension, or should they even just wait to the uh, restricted free agency and just wait till then and see how he looks next season and and, and test the free agency market? test the restricted free agency market. Um, And obviously, restricted free agency is completely different from free agency being completely a a, a real free agent, whereas he can just pick wherever he wants to go. Um, In that situation, I would have to assume, in this situation, that he would be like the Pistons would wait and he would be a restricted free agent next offseason. I I would have to assume that the Pistons probably would come to an agreement with him before restricted free agency. If they actually went in restricted free agency and k like agreed to terms with another team, I have to assume the Pistons would match. Um, and if it got to a point where it sounded like the, that he was going that the Pistons weren't going to come to an agreement before he actually did that, I have to assume that trades would start being talked about, but that's, that, that's way, that's way, way deep into the future. I don't think they're going to even get there. First of all, I, I don't think that's even going to come close to happening. So the first question I'm going to ask, will the Pistons give Cade the max extension? I think 100% yes. Like, We'll talk about whether they should and, and I'll give my opinion, but just will the Pistons do it? I find it very, 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 very unlikely that the Pistons do not extend K this offseason. I would be utterly shocked if the Detroit Pistons did not extend K this offseason. Based on everything that we've heard from Beat Riders over the last few years, after everything I everything I understand that I've heard over the last few years, and just watching this team and how I Look, I'd just be completely shocked. I would be utterly shocked if they did not come to terms on an extension with Cade this offseason. Maybe they don't, but I would be utterly shocked if they didn't. So I expect the Pistons. Will the Pistons do it? I'd say yes. Like I'm at 99% sure, like 90% sure that they will extend him this offseason. Should they extend Cade this offseason? Yes, 100%. They should extend Cade this offseason. Should they give him the max extension? Now, I think then that is where you get the big divide. You get the big divide amongst the Pistons fan base. I don't think there's many. I'd be shocked if there was many Pistons fans that just thought that you strip shouldn't extend Cade this offseason. That would be kind of crazy. I'd have to assume if you felt like that, you're just insane. and You haven't like, I wouldn't take you seriously. So should the Pistons, will they, or should they extend him this offseason? Yes. Should they give him the max extension? That's where the parting of the ways, and that's where the arguing starts happening. So I want to give you guys the exact numbers and how the rookie extension works. So if you make a rookie, if you make now a rookie team, if you are like on your rookie contract and you make an all NBA team and you, you hit that kind of threshold, you hit the 30% of the ca- salary cap. So you would make around, um, so like, let's say K were to sign, if he had made all NBA, whatever. Um. starting in his extension. If, and this, these are estimates, these are, uh, estimates from Spotrac, It would be 42 million in the first year. 46, 51, 56, 61. That would be the contract as it goes up—a five-year extension with with someone who has made the All NBA team. If they have not made the All NBA team and they have not—I'm sure—I'm not sure if there's ties to All-Star game. I believe it's only All NBA, but I, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. I'm not—I'm not the the smartest with the CBA, but this is what I, I from what I understand, if you don't make All NBA your extension is then 25% of the cap. So Cade's contract, which is what, that's what Cade is. He's not going to make LNB this year. What Cade's contract would look like would be 38 million first year, 42, 46, 51, 51. So that, that would be his five-year contract. It would go, it would steadily raise at 25% of the cap. Now, again, that's estimate of what the cap is going to look like in the future over the next five years. So, um, Thinking of that, looking at that, this is how I would look at it. One, if you have belief, if you believe that Kate is going to be your franchise player, if you believe, and especially if he plays how he played during that stretch to end this season, if you believe that is what you wanted to see from him, you, without a doubt, 100% offer him this rookie max extension. For a few reasons. This is my thought process of it. For There is a few reasons for why you do this. No, Number one reason is you believe in him and he's your franchise player. You think he's your franchise player? You give your franchise player an extension and keep him under wraps with your team. That's number one. That's just a simple, easy solution or easy answer. Number two. Next one is instead because if he let's say next year they don't extend him and next year he makes the All NBA team, he has a a, he he has an extraordinary season. He makes the All NBA team. Now what you have to offer him now what his max extension is just went up five percent. Now you're paying him much more than you would have the previous season. And when you pay these rookie guys, when you give these guys these rookie extensions, you are mo- most of the time you are not paying them for the player that they currently are. You are paying them for what you believe they are going to be. It's for their future. So if you believe in Cade's future, you pay him now. And now if he makes the NBA team next year, and he makes the NBA team in the future, now you have a bargain of a contract. Now you have a much cheaper contract to what you would have paid him. Now you've, you know you've made out you've gotten them on a cheaper contract than what you would have gotten, which would be a big win for the Pistons salary cap-wise. So that's the second reason. Number two, that's the second reason. And I think that's the biggest reason. It's the same thought process that the Pistons had with Isaiah Stewart in the offseason. Now, Isaiah Stewart and Kate Cunningham are vastly different players. Cade's much better, which is why I would rush to sign Cade to his. But the thought process behind signing Isaiah Stewart this past offseason was, Oh, we're, we're going to pay him for what we, he believes he's going to be, not what he is right now. And if we, if we wait and he plays really well, now we have to play him even more. So why not get it out the way now? That was the thought process. It would be the same exact thought process that you had with that, except with your franchise player, which is why I would be shocked that the Pistons would not have that kind of thought process with their franchise player versus their role player. Like, I would be shocked. But that that's reason number two. And then reason number three, which is something that Pistons fans and people – who are not involved and people who are on, you know, just fans of teams don't understand the personal relationships. This is not 2K. Okay. This is, this is not just, you know, NBA 2K. You load up, you say yes or no. I, I would, I, I would assume, I would assume if the Pistons this off season went to Cade and told him, we don't believe that you are our franchise, player, we don't believe in you yet. We don't want to extend you. We want, want you to write out this final year on restricted free agency. And then we'll decide on you. I would have to assume that that would not go over well. And all you're doing by doing that, I believe, is risking fracturing relationship, relationships if you did that. I, I don't think there's any good that could come from that. And I don't I don't see any good that could come from doing that. Because if he does play well, and he gets, let's say he makes the NBA team, now you're paying him more. So not only are you paying him more than you would have this past offseason, then you're also risking the chance of, for lack of a better word, pissing off Cade, like now maybe Cade wouldn't care. I don't know, but I would assume, based on things we've seen in the NBA history, that you you are risking, you know, fracturing some relations relationships by doing that. I would not do that. I, that's not something I would take a risk on with your franchise player. I simply wouldn't. Now, the other side of the argument, which is really the, the only side of the argument that I have for not extending Cade is if you simply don't believe he's your franchise player. In that case, then obviously you don't. If they if the front office believes that Kade is not their franchise player and they don't believe in this stretch and they don't that stretch he had. And they, they let's say he plays well to end the season, they still don't believe. If they don't think is their franchise player, what I think that you're you're off they, they would be completely off on that. But in two, obviously you don't extend them then to the max extension, and then I think if that's what you're thinking, you need to make some moves this offseason then. Or you need to make some moves before the trade deadline next year. Some 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 pretty serious moves if that's how the front office is feeling. Because that's pretty big if you if that's how you feel. So I don't see I can't see the future where they don't extend K to this max. I think they're going to. But the arguments for doing it, I think, greatly outweigh the ones for not doing it. That that's just my opinion. And then before we wrap it up, these are the players. Who have signed rookie and some recent players who have signed the rookie max extension? Um, you got Anthony Edwards, Lamelo Ball, Kyrie Halliburton, Desmond Bain, John Morant, Zion Williamson. Obviously, Zion's came with some some uh, uh, some protections. Um, Darius Garland, Luca, Trey Young, Shea Gilgis Alexander, and Michael Porter Jr. That's the that's the 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 list of some t- some guys over the last few years who have signed their rookie mass extension. I'm going to assume is going to be one of those guys this coming up off season, but let me know what you guys think. I know this is going to be pretty heated. Let me know you guys, what you guys think in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. Does K deserve the rookie mass extension? Should the Pistons give him that extension this off season? Again, let me know. Um, coming up. Monty Williams has to be better for the Pistons the rest of the year. I think he should also be being evaluated for the rest of this year. And um, we'll talk about that coming up. Did you even know that if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this now, through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from other retirement accounts at 3% match. Again, that's right, no cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you to most for your retirement. Thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com slash boost subscriptions, fees apply. And now for some legal info claim as of quarter one, 2024 validated by radius global market research. Investing involves risk and in lo- including loss limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks 3% match requires Robinhood gold. For one year from the date of the first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years at 3% matching on transfers is subject to, to specific terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC is a registered broker-dealer. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons, your first listen of every single day. We're free to develop on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. We talk about Cade needs to be better and that Cade needs to showcase for the rest of the year that he's closer to the guy we saw before he got his knee injury than the guy we've seen for six, seven games after the knee injury. We talk about and Ivy needing to, to, to continue to improve and show that, that him and K can fit together and, and that you know, he continues to improve on the defensive end and all that. We talk about Jalen Durant needing to improve on the defensive end and, and, and do the best he can with the, the, the offensive freedom he's been given. We talk about Asar Thompson needing to improve his three-point shot, needing to improve his handling, needing to improve ways to impact the game on the offensive end and the half court. We talk about all these things with Asar we talk about Isaiah Stewart needing to improve from deep. Heck, I'm sure we'll start to talk about what Quinn Grimes needs to improve on, what Simone Fontecchio needs to improve on. We'll talk about all, what Marcus Sasser needs to improve on. We'll talk about all those things. But along with those things, the head coach of the Detroit Pistons also needs to get better. Monty Williams needs to be better. And there's many there's many different routes you can go with this. To talk about what some things that Monty Williams has not done well and needs to improve on. I think the easiest one is obviously the fact that the Pistons had to have an organizational meeting with Monty just to get Jane Ivey to play more. That Monty Williams decided to start Killian Hayes at the beginning of this season, who is no longer on this team, got waived, decided to start Killian Hayes over Jane Ivey, in route to also not playing Jane Ivey half the time more than 20 minutes. Like the fact that an organizational meeting had to happen to get that to change, I think is easy, easily, the, the the lowest hanging fruit and biggest mistake of Monty Williams' season. And there's been other things that Monty Williams has done as well that he just has to be better on. So I, I've seen that Pistons fans and then in the Pistons community feels like there's there's been not enough talk about Monty Williams. There's been a lot of talk about Cade. There's been a lot of, been a lot of talk about Jane Ivey. There's been a lot of talk about Jalen Duren. There's been a lot of talk of Asari Thompson. There's been a lot of talk of Marcus Sasser. There's been a lot of talk of all these other guys, Stu, all this stuff but not enough talk being made of what Monty's done this year. So I want to make it clear. Kuka Hill, no one else. Kuka Hill, Monty Williams has not been good this year. Monty Williams, one could argue, has been quite bad this year. Now, I don't believe he he was given the best hand possible, which is something I've said all year. But I think he also did probably the worst job he possibly could with that hand he was dealt. I think he had a bad hand, and then he did even worse with that hand. And the Jane Ivy stuff was, was obvious um, how he's used a SAR, the SAR, the decision to bench a SAR and then not play him as much. In, in for favor of, of these veterans that the Pistons ended up moving on from that lost some games anyways. And the use of a SAR in the half court, not, not, fi- not fi- waiting months to find out you can use them in pick and roll. Something I've been talking about since they drafted them, using them in, in, in off ball screens, using them in, in different types of actions that get them moving downhill. Like, That's all stuff I talked about, I, Kuka Hill, not someone who's in the NBA or, you know, NBA coach. That's something I've talked about since the offseason when I was scouting Asar. So there's all those things that Monty Williams, I I think, has not done a good job of. So he needs to be better. But the latest example, I think, that speaks to what, that, that speaks to Monty Williams' season with the Detroit Pistons is this game against the Phoenix Suns that they just played. Monty Williams... It's honestly quite, it's, it's, it's interesting to watch this season. Monty Williams comes out in press conferences after the game, before practice, after practice, before games. And he says some things that I think most of the time when Monty's, a lot, maybe not most, but a lot of the time in these press conferences, he'll say something that a lot of people will agree with. Like, for example, what we're about to talk about. Monty Williams, on numerous occasions, as recently as before the Phoenix Suns game, I'm not, as recently as just before the Phoenix Suns game, came out and said, it's going to be hard to play 12 guys. You can't really play 12, 11 guys out there. You got to pick a rotation. It's going to be tough to play all these guys. I got to make a decision and we're going to have to cut down our rotation. Now, before we even get into the Suns game, that's something we've heard from Monty. I kid you not, probably about four or five times, six, seven times throughout this season. And then he continues to play at 10 guys. He'll play 11 guys. Like, he says those things, and then he'll say something and then go, like, completely against it in the games. And then the beat writers will ask him about it after the game, and he'll say, you know, I, I got to find a way to cut down the rotation. And then the next day, he won't cut down the rotation. It's just, it's, it's just confusing. So, the Phoenix Suns game. The Pistons are in a competitive game after one quarter, okay? After one quarter, I want to say the Pistons are playing fantastic, but they're playing all right, and they're in a, they're in a competitive game. In the first half of this game. Now, mind you, again, like I said, in the before this game, Monty Williams said after the trade that there is he can't play this many play, people and he has to cut the rotation down, and he's going to. In the first half of this game, I'm going to name you guys the players that played minutes in the first half of this game against the Phoenix Suns. Asar Thompson, Simone Fontecchio, Jalen Duren, Kay Cunningham, Jane Ivy, Evan Fournier, Shake Milton, James Wiseman, Marcus Sasser, Tory Brown Jr., Mike Muscala, Tosan—that's twelve players in the first half, not throughout the entire game, not the entire game, the first half, the first half of a basketball game. Right after you said that you were going to cut down the rotation, Monty Williams played twelve guys. I, I don't have, I I, I, I don't have an explanation for that. I don't understand it. And it'd be different if Monty was saying, hey, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I believe is going to be best. Like, he's, oh, oh, he, this is not my words. This is not my words. This is not Beat Riders' words. This is not Pistons' fans' words. Monty's own words are, I can't play this many people. We've got to cut down the rotation. But, yeah, he continues to do stuff like that. And the game was lost. The game was absolutely lost as soon as the Pistons went to their bench, went to their all-bench lineup, and played this many people at halftime. They went from being down 10. After the first quarter, they went – then to be down 29, 29, they were down 70 to 41. You can talk about the players that need to be better. You can talk about K needs to be better. Jane Ivey, Jalen Dern, uh, Asar, Isaiah Stewart, Sasser, Grimes, Fontekio, like all these guys. And 100% we've talked about on this episode, those guys have to be better. They, these guys have to prove something the rest of the year. But Monty Williams also needs to prove something the rest of the year. Monty Williams also needs to be better the rest of the year. And after a season that we've witnessed this, this this year with the Detroit Pistons, I understand the big contract he was given. Monty Williams should also be being evaluated the rest of this year because this has not been a good year from him. I don't believe this has been a good year at all from him. And for the rest of the year, if he doesn't find a way to to make your core four work or if he doesn't find a way to to creatively use them and then continues to do stuff like this with the rotation – I think he needs to be evaluated. He he is, I don't think he's above anything else. Like he's not above Cade. He's not above Jaden. He's not above Jalen Duran from being evaluated, from being critiqued. So just like the players need to be critiqued and evaluated 100%, Monty Williams should be being evaluated for the rest of the year as well. 100%. That's all I've got. Thank you guys for making lockdown On Pistons your first listen of every single day. free of all your podcast platforms. Hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel. Leave us a five-star review whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. Until next time, I'll see you guys later. Enjoy All-Star break. Take a break from basketball. Chill out. Enjoy the weekend activities. Until next time, I'll see you guys later. Stay safe out there until next time. Peace out.